0: Celebrate these kids! Can we just, man? I've said it a hundred thousand times, and I'll say it hundred thousand more. We love our young people at Community Church North Webster. Uh, your pastor spent eight years in children and youth ministry, so you're stuck um, doing uh, kids stuff. And it was cool because I went from children's ministry to like men's ministry, and people asked me and said, "Pastor, was that different?" I was like, "No, man, same maturity level." <laughs> One just eats more than the other. And so, anyway, I've got a few things. Um, it's so funny. Like, you guys got to help me out. Uh, Pastor Daphne, before she left, uh, you know, she's preaching up at Canaan today. Before she left, she said, hey, remember to announce the thing. And then when I got up on the platform, Sister Nelda's like, come here, come here. I thought I was in trouble. And so I go over there. I was like, yes, ma'am. She's like, remember to announce the thing. When she got off the stage, she said, remember to announce the thing. And then there's a, there's a thing that says, please announce the thing. So anyway, I can't remember what the thing is, but, um, no, it's a uh, ugly sweater, ugly Christmas sweater party uh, and Christmas cookie contest this Friday at 6.30 p.m., not in the morning, at the Fellowship Hall. It's going to be for uh, Sparkle and Ladybugs. You guys are coming together, right? Huh? Women. Women. Yes, any woman. Okay. All right. Any, any ladies? No. Oh. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I was going to say it that way, but, yeah. All right, dudes, don't worry. We'll go, do, we'll go do something fun. We'll go hang out. Um, uh, <laughs> prizes for uh, ugliest sweater and uh, bring cookies, cookie awards. There's a lot here. Uh, best decorated, most unusual, and best taste. So anyway, I'm just praying that uh, the women's department uh, doesn't miss God and calls me and Pastor Jason to be judges for the cookie contest. Um, Anyway, hey, uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to Malachi chapter three, uh, not the Italian prophet Malachi, uh, but the prophet Malachi. And uh, this is a small book. It's almost to the, almost to the New Testament. It's right there. So turn with me to that. If you find Malachi three, say, I found it. Come on, don't, and that doesn't count. that doesn't count. All right, come on. Uh, We are continuing a series today on generosity. We want to understand what the bible says about giving what the bible says about being generous and our series is called the blessed life come on and i believe that the bible teaches that god wants us to live a blessed life now does a blessed life mean that you're rich that you're pulling up to this church in a nice tesla I don't think so. Maybe if that's what God decides, and if you do have a nice Tesla, I would love to ride with you and just beep the horn once, okay? But the uh, living a blessed life means living in a in the presence of God. You know, there are there's a place in South America where you can go to a rainforest, and you gotta um, you travel and you travel and you travel, and once you reach a certain point there's a mile marker. It's a kilometer marker. You've seen these. If you drive down like the interstate, you see mile markers. Well, they've got kilometers there. And so they've got this marker. And on this marker, it says you are in, you are now entering the rain forest. And so that region is wet. It's got a lot of humidity. And so that's where the rainforest grows. And so I want to use that kind of as a, as a metaphor for this blessed zone. Okay. And so there are things we can do in our lives, in our walk with Jesus to get in that blessed zone, come on we pass that marker and get into that place of saturation alright, and so I want to just look at this, to, The last week we talked about what exactly the blessed life was, and we talked about it's a heart uh, it's a heart thing, we talked about dealing with a selfish heart, a greedy heart and developing a giving heart and so, I want to just say something before we go any further uh, we we at Community Church North Webster, we we teach giving, we teach tithing. That's what we're going to do today. And I think that um, a lot of people get really nervous. Oh, he's preaching on tithing. Listen, I am, but we're just gonna we're only gonna say what the Bible says. Okay, is that all right? Alright, so when I, was, when I was coming up as a minister, uh, I had a mentor that taught me that if you didn't tithe, that you probably weren't saved. Let me tell you something, I can't find that in this book, okay? I can't find where it says if you don't give a tenth of everything that you're going to hell, okay? I can't find that. And so you're never going to hear me preach that. Now, I will teach you this, that if you hold back from God, then I don't think you're going to walk in full blessings, Okay, and that's what this series is all about. I, am, I desperately want my friends and my family, that's you guys, to walk in every blessing that God has for you. Come on, is that good? Is that okay? So that's what I want. And so this is why we have this discussion, uh, this this series on the blessed life, because I want my friends and my family and this church to be absolutely blessed. Again, that doesn't mean you might be rich. That doesn't mean you won't go through trials. Jesus said you still will go through trials, but wouldn't you rather face trials, Jimmy, with the blessings, walking in a blessed life, than without? I know I would. It was really interesting and I know I'm I'm taking up a lot of time before I jump into this word But last week we started this series And then if you if you're friends with me on facebook, you saw some really weird pictures come across your screen Um, We started this series on blessings of god and living a blessed life and uh our, our our plumbing like exploded. I mean, it was like demonic. Okay, and so I praise God for uh, we got for Sean. Uh, Sean's over there. He he's he's trying to help us fix that. And then so that happens. And then I'm driving down the highway, and I see this little bitty stick Sue. And I've been I'm in, the, I'm in a, the Ford Explorer, my wife's car. Come on, ladies, you need to pray. Uh, 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 over your cars, if your husbands drive your cars, because we like to listen to music and do stuff, right? And so I see this little stick and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna run it over, it's just a stick, who cares? Stick never hurt nobody. And I hit that thing and I heard a horrible sound, it went boom and started dragging and that thing had went right up into the fuel tank. And so I got out and immediately, immediately, I felt an attack of the enemy. And it said, are you blessed? Are you blessed? And I said, you bet I am. And right there in the parking lot of the library, I started praying over that vehicle, praying over my situation. And I said, Satan, you will not take my joy. You will not take my hope because my hope is not in a fuel tank. My hope is not in driving skills. Amen. My hope is in Jesus. And you can't take him away. Come on, somebody. Okay. And so we're going to get in that blessed zone. So let's look at what Malachi 3 says. Uh, it says, uh, starting at verse 6 it says, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Every time. Uh, ever ever since the time of your forefathers you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them return to me and I will return to you says the Lord Almighty but you ask how are we to return verse 8 says will a man rob God yet you rob me but you ask how do we rob you in tithes and offerings you are under a curse the whole nation of you because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Mm. Before we move on, I want to pray. God, I just pray. I'm so thankful that you've been here so far this morning. I felt the Holy Spirit in this place. God, your presence is so good and so sweet. And I just pray that you that you uh, empower me to say exactly what you want me to say this morning. God, that we could hear from you. God, that we could feel your heart and draw closer to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, somebody. Amen. Thank you, First Lady, for backing me up. Can we just celebrate? Can we celebrate the first lady? Y'all be praying for, uh, be praying for me because we're about to do a we're, we're about to do a project and add to our family. And so you know, be just be, be lifted me up. <laughs> yeah, it's, you, you made a good choice marrying me. I'm sure. <laughs> listen, listen, really, really, y'all be praying for us because it's just a few weeks and and uh, we're gonna be uh, coming home with a with a new. Uh, little baby boy and so if you know our other baby boy uh, then you're saying Lord help them people (laughs) they need a spirit of patience and protection in that house and so anyway we're excited Uh, I'm super excited Um, so the first thing so so we just read a lot right and I think that Malachi 3, especially Malachi 3.10, is that's kind of it. That's kind of the tithing verse. And people get scared. Oh man, here it comes. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that misuse this. And they say, Man, God says, do it, do it. And he does. But we're gonna unpack the way God says do this. And so my title today is What Test. And I know a lot of the guys in the room, you, you said that a lot when you were in school. I remember in the fourth grade, I would walk in and I would sit down and, and they'd be like, hey, we're taking a test. And I would say, we're taking a what? <laughs> we're taking a test today. Huh? I'm a terrible test taker. I'm absolutely horrible. I'm a terrible studier because I, I start to look, I start to study, and I just like, mm. <laughs> I just can't focus. And so, what test and, uh, I know that was something I said a lot. I- I'm not ready for this. Listen, tithing. This is the first point. If you're, if you keeping notes with me today, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. Uh, the number 10 comes up a lot in the Bible and I want to do something fun here with, with everyone. Um, the number 10 comes up a lot. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. Audience participation, uh, or, or not audience, uh, everybody gets to participate. I want you to yell out at the top of your lungs the answer, okay? This is very easy. Little children's church Bible quiz, okay? So, so here we go, all right? I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to yell the answer out, ready? How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Ten, all right. Let me ask one more time. Everybody gets warmed up. Everybody gets warmed up, ready? How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. Ten. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Come on, come on, get excited with me. How many days was Daniel tested? Ten. Ten. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? Somebody messed up. Somebody messed up. Well, listen, one was kind of a dud, so we'll just go to 11 and round down to 10, okay? Um, <laughs> so, listen, uh, then, and that was fun. Um, but here's the thing uh, so, so tithing, tithing is a test. And I think it's such a faith thing. I know that when, when we were younger, we really struggled with this. And and my pastor would try to help me. He would try to teach me about tithing. And we really struggled. And I said, man, I can't afford it. And we're going to kind of, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. But we thought, man, we can't afford it. And it's a test. You're, you get to test yourself. You're testing your, your, your own faith. Am I, do I have the faith to give this tenth off of everything? Um, as a pastor, um, one thing that... Uh, one thing that I, that I love to hear, I love seeing people getting baptized. I love it when people come to church. I love when, when I see somebody raising their hands and lifting up the name of Jesus in worship, reading their Bible, having discussion. I love those things. But you know what really just, just gets me emotional as a pastor is when someone comes to me and they say, hey, pastor, I have decided to tithe. I have decided to give. You know why? Because I know if you're trusting God that much that you're in that you are in, you're in, that you're trusting God with something precious. I think our, our, our finances are precious to us. Um, we're trusting God. And I know when I, when I see someone and they say, Hey, I'm tithing. Wow. I'm so proud of you. And it just, man, it just gets me all warm and fuzzy as a pastor. Um, the second thing, uh, tithing, is biblical uh the bible tells us that god is love right we shouldn't steal or murder right we should love our neighbors right even when they have cooler christmas lights than us oh my oh me there's i don't know i used to think the worst peer pressure was when your neighbor mowed their yard before you did but like if your neighbor puts up Christmas lights before you and they're like blowing you away and you can't even sleep at night because they're coming through your window, man, it's like, come on, dude. And so we got some Christmas lights. We went all the way to Home Depot and I I put these things up and I didn't have an extension cord. And I was so, man, I was so excited because I was like, (laughs) ha ha, yeah, I'm beating you neighbors. I got my lights up before you because they were up. But I didn't have an extension cord, Terry. So I got to go to the store. Guess what happens on the way when I leave to go to the store? What do I see? They got their lights up too. And they're plugged in. <laughs> ah, so listen. So you love, you, we should love our neighbor, right? The Bible teaches us that. And we should pray for our enemies, right? The Bible teaches us that. So listen, we, we take all those things, all those biblical principles, and we apply them to our lives because we say, hey, that's in the Bible. That's in the word of God. And I think that there's a lot of people that struggle uh-oh, here we go. A lot of people struggle. And they say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't know about tithing. Ah. Listen, tithe, the tithe existed before the law. We're talking about the law of Moses. During the law and after the law. And I want to show you how, okay? And listen, again, this is a, this is a discussion we're having as a church family. I'm not saying anybody's not tithing. I'm not saying, hey, you're in trouble. You might be, but I'm not saying that. And what I want to encourage you to do is is hear my words today with an open heart and just let the word of God speak for itself on a few things. And you know what? You could come to this church for the rest of your life and not give. And we would love you, and you would be part of this church, and God would use you. But I want you to get in that blessed zone. And I, in my own experience, and I'm going to go over this in a little bit, this is this is the difference maker. So look. Uh, The tithe existed before the law. So uh, Genesis 14 says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Uh, He was a priest of God most high, and he blessed Abram. So Abram is coming through, and this man comes out. He's not a Jewish priest. Okay, those don't exist yet, all right? He is a priest of God. And he says, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. That was 500 years before the law. Genesis 28, uh, Jacob says, all that you give me, I will give you a 10th that's 400 years before the law and then the law itself says Leviticus 27:30 says a tithe of everything from the land whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord it is holy to the Lord that's the law itself now a lot of people get hung up right there and they say well pastor I don't believe in tithing. I had a gentleman come to me uh, recently. He said, he said does, your teach, does your church teach tithing? I said, absolutely, we do, because the Bible does. He said, yeah, but only in the Old Testament. I said, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Yeah, pastor, it's in the law. It's in the, the Mosaic law. That's, yeah, it's, in, it's all that, it's, and it doesn't exist anymore. So that's the law. Now, watch this. What if Jesus said tithe? What if Jesus said to do this? Would we say, well, wait a minute, whoa, huh, what? Come on. Will we back up off of that high horse that says it only existed in the Old Testament? Because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, right? He says, woe, in Matthew 23, he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. He's serious. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter. You should do that without neglecting the former. So he's saying, do this. Now, if Jesus is saying we should do it, we should probably do it, right? Right? And so that's the challenge I have to anyone. And listen, let me just, one reason I'm so passionate about this is because this is where I was stuck. This is where I was stuck for years. And I would encounter people that had this difference about them and about their walk with Jesus. And I would say, man, it just seems like in their prayer life, they seem to be getting more yeses. They seem to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I would always say, what is the deal? Why can't I get there? And it was just like, I, you know, I'm going to church. I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm working for God. And, and I'm just, and I'm, it's like I just can't quite reach. And I'm like, what is the problem? What is the problem? And then one day, I had gotten in trouble um, because someone called me out about my giving. And they said, hey, we're, you're, in, you're in trouble. You didn't give. And I thought, oh. Oh no. And I got really, I got really angry, Miss Brenda. I got really mad. And I, I remember I got in the car, I slammed the door. And I was like, Man, who is that guy? Who is that guy to get on to me for not giving? And I think what happened was this gentleman was trying to tell me what I'm telling you today. That Jesus wants you to do this. And 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 I just really struggled with it. And I got mad and I stormed off and the holy spirit began to speak to me the holy spirit began to speak to my heart and said why don't you go search it out yourself and this is the conclusion i came to because i was one of those people that said oh it's abolished it's all in the law man it's it's old stuff churches are just being greedy they just want my money listen can i be really honest with you god doesn't need your money god doesn't need your money listen Can I tell you something? If you're a dad, you freak out when somebody leaves the front door open. Lord, if they leave the refrigerator door open, somebody getting murdered, okay? Listen, God doesn't need us to pay the light bill in heaven. Come on. Come on, somebody. And so God doesn't need your money. He needs your heart. That's what God wants, all right? And so that's what I struggled with. And as we began to tithe. I said, Brittany, let's just try this. Let's try it. We thought we can't afford it. We can't afford to do this. Let's just be faithful. Let's just be faithful. And we learned what my fourth or my third point is today, is that tithing is powerful. Second Chronicles 31 says, and Azariah the chief priest from the family of Zadok answered since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare because the Lord has blessed his people and this great amount is left over and so here's this guy he's the chief priest he works for the king, and everybody starts bringing, they start bringing in contributions. They start bringing their tithe into the storehouse, and it's blowing him away because God is blessing. Let me tell you something. You can't get away from this, and this is not prosperity preaching. This is blessing preaching. Listen, God wants to bless you, but you've got to get faithful, and you've got to give everything to get walking in those, into those blessings. It is better, I, I believe this. It's better to be blessed on 90% than to live on 100% that is not blessed. Come on, can I say that again? It's better to be blessed on 90% than to live on 100% that is not blessed. Malachi 3, we'll go back there. Malachi 3, 9 says you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me, robbing you, taking away from God, taking away that portion that he has said is holy. It is mine. I will give you this, the rest, but you just have got to trust me with this 10%. Could you imagine if somebody was investing in your business and they said, Hey, I want to give you $10,000 in your business, but I just, I need you to give me $1,000 back. What? That's a great deal, right? And so, but we struggle with that. Listen, let me just tell you something. When you begin to give that tenth right off the top, you say, God, this is yours. I'm giving it to you. I trust you. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. And so the nation had stopped doing that. They had stopped trusting God. They had stopped walking in faith, and they stopped walking in blessing. And God said it. He said, you're under a curse because you've walked away from me. this is tough, but I want to just go there. I think some of us struggle and we say, God, why can't I just break through? Why can't I just get through these things? Why, God, why does it seem like the enemy is coming at me and taking, taking territory from me? God, why? You know what? When someone comes to me as a pastor, I feel like I have the spiritual authority to do this and I love people. Sometimes the thing that I ask is, are you giving? Are you tithing? Because a lot of times, and I'm going to just go ahead and, again, my own testimony, and my life, we struggled with things. We fought battles. And we thought, God, what is the deal? And then we had to examine and let the Holy Spirit reveal we weren't trusting. We were not trusting. So I challenge you with that um, this morning. Under a curse. But look at this. Malachi 3.11 says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. In the New King James Version, it says, I will rebuke the devourer. And the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So here's the thing. So before... God says, you're under a curse, and here's why. Because you've withheld from me. You've withheld your hearts. You've withheld the fullness of your life from me. But he comes back because God is God of hope. He's a God of restoration. And he comes back and says, there's a way out. There's a way out. I can protect you. Listen, I want to make sure that I do my absolute best as pastor to preach and teach in a way that all of our people are are like this, uh, delightful. Come on, don't you like being delightful? Have you ever met someone and you said, oh, they were delightful? Maybe you haven't, but I I have. (laughs) When when I was standing in the parking lot having a little prayer meeting over that stick that had impaled my, um, no, you don't walk up to somebody in the grocery store and say, you are just delightful because they will tase you. But you can think it in your heart. But when I was was standing there and and I was having a little prayer meeting, rebuking demons off my vehicle for trying to attack me with a stick, uh, this lady pulled up and she, like, got, she slammed on her brakes and she got out of her car and she said, Oh no, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I was like, Me too. Can we hug? (laughs) Because I'm I'm finna cry. And, and she, you know, she said, I'm so sorry, I'm going to pray for you. And she went into the, in the library and I was like, wow, she was delightful. <laughs> and so I want to be like that. I want all of you to be like that, to have that, that spirit of goodness about you. And God says, I will bring that to you. And every, let, let's just change, let, let's look at this in a little, a little bit of a different way. This says all the nations will call you blessed. What if we said all the people will call you blessed? For yours will be a delightful life, not land, says the Lord Almighty. Listen, we, uh, last week we talked about blessed, that the word for blessed is not, uh, we get hung up on blessed. But Jesus, when he was, was teaching the Beatitudes, he said blessed. The word is makarios, and it means happy, peaceful, content. Wow. All the people, let's look at this, all the people will call you peaceful. Come on. How does, does that not just open your witness way up? When people say, man, they went through some stuff, but they were peaceful. Wow, thank you, God, for that. So there are people, um, before we move on, I just want to give you one more, one more little blurb here. Uh, I think that there are people who tithe who say, God has blessed me. I can't afford not to tithe. I can't go back to the way, that's me. That's your pastor. I can't go back to when we didn't tithe because I want to keep walking in the goodness, come on, in the peacefulness that God brings to my house. Does that mean that we don't have arguments? No, it does not. No, it does not. Because when you drive home with a branch sticking out of your wife's car, Jimmy, you might have a disagreement. Disagreement. But there's peace in that home because at the end of the day, we know God's got us. We know that we've given ourselves to him. So uh, there are people that say, I can't afford not to tithe. And then there are people who don't tithe who say, I can't afford to tithe. Uh, Pastor Robert Morris, if you want to look him up, this is what we've based a lot of. His teaching is what we've based a lot of of this sermon on. Uh, He says, you will never be able to afford to tithe until you tithe because tithing is what breaks the curse and rebukes the devourer and I want to just testify on my behalf or testify from my house from my life that was me that was me I remember sitting in a car with my wife saying we can't afford to give 10% of our income we can't afford to do it and we just we struggled we struggled And one day, God just worked on both of us, and we said, let's try. Let's step out in faith. And we haven't gone back because God is faithful. The fourth thing. Worship team, if you guys want to come back as we get ready to close. The fourth thing that we want to cover today is tithing is personal. Tithing is personal. It's not just something, and it, it's, it seems so easy for me to get up here and just say the T word over and over and over and over and over again, but listen, I'm going on this journey with you. I'm going on this journey with you, and if you're in this room and you're, and you're thinking right now, I don't tithe, I haven't been tithing, listen, I'm not mad at you, I don't think God's mad at you, I don't think anybody's mad at you, but I would love to visit with you. And I would love to tell you more of my story. And I'm sure that there are people all around this room that would love to visit with you and tell you their story about how they began to give. It's so personal. And in this church, you're never going to encounter you're never going to encounter teaching that throws you out and says, "Hey, if you don't do it this way, well, then you're just messing up." You're never going to encounter that because we love you. That's what we're doing here. Loving Jesus, we're loving people. Tithing is personal. I don't travel much, but what if I did? What if, what if a couple of us guys said, hey, we're gonna go on a long-term mission trip? And uh, it's like me and Jared and Jason and Jimmy, we just jumped up and said, hey man, we're going to Japan for like four months on a mission trip. No, 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 <laughs> and, and we just we just left, and uh, and we said, hey, we're not going to be back for for a long time. It could be a year. Yeah, he was like, let's go. It could be a long time. What if I what if I pick three people, three people? I won't call any names. I won't volunteer yet, but get ready, because it might happen. What if I picked three people and I said, hey, every month I'm gonna give you some money you to do is take this money and for my family for my wife for Brittany I want you to give just 10% of what I give you okay if I give you a thousand bucks give her a hundred dollars okay give that to her and the rest you can keep and that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for you okay just just I give it to you and then you just give before you do anything else, I don't want to get out of. don't want you to get out of order. Before you do anything else, just give that tenth to my wife to take care of her. What if I pick three people? And the first person, um, what if I called Brittany and I said, "Hey Brittany, um, yeah, we're having fun in Japan. Uh, what are, you, hey, I, I, uh, I commissioned these three people. I, I volunteered them to send you some money every month. Are they, are they doing that?" She said oh yeah the first person oh man every month they're they're, they're every month like clockwork yeah and, and, and in fact uh, the past few months they've given a little more I was wow that's awesome that is so good and then the second well, what about the second person are they doing yeah yeah they're doing good they're they missed a few months but 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 they're mostly doing good oh cool 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 and then the third person what if I said well hey, Brittany, what about that third person are they And she said, well, well, the first month was good. They gave that month, but uh, after that, you know, it went to, they gave half of what you had asked them to give, and then then they didn't give it all, and, and now they're just not giving anything. What would I do? That person and I would and I would get in touch with them and I'd say, hey, hey, person, remember I, I asked you to do this. What's going on? Is it a, are you afraid? What, what's the problem? Because I told you I would give you all the rest of this with my with with, with my blessing. Like, hey, it's yours. It's yours. Go and use it. I just wanted ten percent off the top. Just wanted that hundred dollars. What I. to keep giving that to them? I don't think so. I'll tell you what I would do. I would go to that person that's faithful, that's giving generously, that's saying, hey, I'm giving this back. And I would say, hey, I'm going to increase your monthly. I'm going to increase you because you're faithful. And I know that's kind kind of a weird metaphor. It's kind of a weird example, but I want to just, I want to drop something on you real quick. Jesus refers to the church as his bride. Could it be that tithing is a lot more personal to God than we realize? Could it be that tithing is a lot more personal to Jesus than we realize? I think so. And again, sharing this with you today because I want you to walk in blessings I want you to walk in that blessed life God loves you so much and I do too and I want every—I want you to have everything that he has for you and so I don't want you for one second to think that your pastor is getting on to you if you haven't been given I think that we've got some really faithful givers in this church and I'm so thankful for that I'm so glad that you're trusting God I don't want you to think for one second that your pastor is mad at you or disappointed because I am absolutely not I don't look at that stuff, I don't. I love you regardless. I want everything, but I want you to have everything that Jesus has for you. So that's why we're sharing this today. Listen, I wanna read this last part of Malachi 3 again. It says, I will prevent pests from devouring. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. All the nations will call you blessed. For yours will be a delightful land. And I want to just remix that again one more time. All the people will call you blessed, will call you peaceful, will call you content. For yours will be a delightful, blessed life. Come on, that's what God's speaking to us today. Can we stand together? I just want to pray together. God, I'm so thankful for this group of people. I'm so thankful for your word. You're so good. God, I I thank you for revealing to me mistakes that I made. God, when I was afraid to give. God, when I was afraid to jump in and trust you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for always speaking. For always speaking. God, I just pray right now that that we've all heard from you today. God, that we've all felt your heart today. God, I believe that you wanna bless us with peace, with contentness, or contentment in our, in our, in our hearts, God. We worship you. I wanna take just a second, guys, as the, as the worship team begins to sing that song, let's just take a minute before we get ready to leave and let's just search our hearts and reflect on what God's spoken to us today. God, we just worship you right now.